Hi, my name's Alistair. Hi, my name's Kat. This is Ali Cat bringing you Band Pop Productions podcast. Now, a little note from Alistair about what's just happened. So we had a, a really good uh-huh. podcast that we recorded. Uh-huh. And the introduction was like really fun and good natured and it was amazing. And then um, we recorded for like half an hour. It was a good podcast. It was a great podcast. It was the best podcast. That was my <laughs> Trump impression. And then that's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. And then at the end of it, we uploaded it and I pressed play and it was silent. And it turned out what happened is my phone, which we record on, was connected to my Bluetooth headphones in another room. And while we were having some good banter on the issues of the day in a good natured way, the phone, yeah, we recorded the ambient noise of another room. And then we tried to start again twice now, and it just slowly descended into us being very upset with each other. So, <laughs> what issue do you have for us today? Right, the um, topic that we were covering was the recent ruling by the oh, Supreme Court of the United Kingdom. So recent, it happened hours ago. Well, I read about it on ITV News, but I don't actually know when they released I think they ruled the on it this morning, I think. Yeah? Okay, so the Supreme Court of the, of the United Kingdom has said, mm-hmm. da, 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 Scotland cannot call for an independent referendum without yeah. the backing of, guess where, Westminster. That's what I initially thought. Now, I, now I did know about the case. I, I knew that it had been raised as a case. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with all that's happened since the it, point it was raised... It's been small fry in world yeah, events. Yeah, it's not really been looked upon. Yeah. Uh, it's... This is how the first referendum went. It was backed by Westminster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it was pushed by Cameron because he's a Conservative, but he did say, OK, yes, it's democratic and you should vote. So what happened was the, the SNP won a majority in Holyrood. Um, in oh, the right. 2011 election, right, okay. I think. Was it 2011 or 2012? 2011 or 2012 election in Scotland. And the the system of voting there is proportional representation. It's called the DeHaunt system. And the mathematics is probably simple, but it seems complicated to me. I don't fully understand it. Um, but it's designed to have a very representative parliament. So lots of different um parties get a seat and get their voices heard in the parliament and it makes having a, a majority almost impossible so you need to get like 45 percent of the vote to get a majority in the scottish parliament whereas somewhere like england you can get a a, a majority theoretically on 30 percent of the vote only one in three people need to vote for you mm-hmm. and you have an absolute majority so it was designed to keep pretty much just the SNP out of power and prevent this from happening. But the SNP kind of broke the system. They managed to get a majority in the parliament and it became kind of untenable to refuse the referendum because the SNP were going to say, well, we have a majority, we're going to vote for it, yada, yada. And 
David Cameron was like, yeah, cool, I'll, I'll call you. Cameron didn't really go against it. Like no. he was just quite. And right, at the same okay. time, the, which is yes, a positive because it is democratic. Like, the yes vote was only polling at about thirty percent, so which they, is quite low. Yeah, they thought there was no chance of it getting anywhere near where it ended up, but they didn't think it was going to be a yes anyway. So I don't know why the powers that be in recent years believe polls because polls have been have like actually gone a lot of things wrong. So I don't know if they did. I don't. I think it's a misunderstanding of what polls actually do. Polls give you a snapshot of what people think at the time. So the idea that just because 30% of people said in 2012 that they were against independence doesn't mean that the campaigning won't change people's opinion on it, which is what happened. Like, well, the political climate's changed. Yeah. Um, Plus, a lot of these events that have happened since have been very kind of marginal, very close, and they were about right with it. Like, most of these things were within the margin. Like, Brexit only passed by, like, 1%, so... That's well within the margin of error. I don't think anyone... Brexit was so super tight. Like, yeah. I remember... Was it in September? I forget when it was. Um, I was watching votes come in, and the Remainers were very slightly in the lead. Yeah. And you know how sometimes you make an assumption that people will just agree with you and vote yep. your way? So yep. I thought, you know what, it's going to be tight, but we're safe. Then I fell asleep and I woke back up to Cameron resigning and I knew then because that there's was, no way yeah, that he yeah. would have resigned if the vote had gone his way and he wanted to remain. So I was like, all right. Well, I called you that morning yeah. and, and you didn't believe. You thought I was joking. You didn't yeah, because I hadn't actually looked at yeah. the news. Yeah. I made an assumption... But also, um, who's his face? Nigel Farage actually like gave a concession speech like shortly after the first votes were coming it's in. So, so responsible, like he took the country to an edge. He helped to shove it off, and he fucked off with me like pots of money. Yeah, back to you. By advertising. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like he gets a pension from the EU, which is from European taxpayers, and his wife's a German. It's quite hilarious when you think about it. it is. Um, but, but yeah, I was quite annoyed with the whole thing. Hmm. 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 Wait, this, are you going to say something? No, I was just going to say, but this podcast isn't about Brexit. It's about yes, you're right. Scottish independence. Thanks for taking things back to the original point. Now, in the original Scottish um, independent vote in 2014, what actually were the margins? Was it not more than 10% voted to remain it in the UK? It was 45% yes, 55% no. See, I think that's quite a big gap. That is, and I actually well, think What it's, would it be now if they voted? Um. In, Hard to say. It's the polls go back and forth, and once again, you can't. A poll doesn't tell you what the vote would be in say a year's time. Uh, It tells you what it is just now, and there's been no campaigning on the issue for a while, so it may be that so many other issues. Yeah, and it may be that people get very annoyed by it and vote higher in the no camp, or it might be that people are convinced during a campaign and vote higher in the yes. It's hard to predict. So you're saying that if I give you a scenario of, let's just say hypothetically there's a vote that's called for tomorrow, how, how do you think it would pan out? I think they would vote no. I think that's a very sudden thing to throw yeah. in people without well, thinking about it. Well, also the political climate in the UK. Yeah. Bear in mind that the economy's been stagnant for more than 10 years now. I think if you call the vote tomorrow... High inflation, the polling, The polling at the moment puts Scottish independence at 49% and no to remain in the union at 51%. However, I think if you had a vote just tomorrow, like absolutely tomorrow, I think the vote would be probably very similar to the 2014 one, like 45, 55 in favour of no. So you don't think it'll have budged from... Not if you did it tomorrow. I I do think that if there was another campaign, I think yes would get closer. I'm not sure they'd get over the mark, but... 
I think Yes is very good at campaigning, actually. And it was a very positive message they ran. Um, what was your message? Was it not positive change? It was, yeah, positive change. It was yeah. to do things differently. And to As be opposed a different... to negative change. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that, that was actually the no campaign was like, you know, don't do that. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I think Brexit lost is that they didn't spend their time arguing the benefits of the EU, for which there are many. They spent their time arguing the fear mongering of what Brexit would mean for the UK. Um, and I have to say, actually, that, that you know, I think the the vision of an independent Scotland has... It, the vision that people propose is better than the reality would be. Like, it's not going to be... But I do think that the vision's always better than, you know, just saying, oh, we hate the English, or we hate Westminster. It's such a stupid argument. Right? But the I... point being that the Supreme Court has said that it's not a matter for Scotland to decide. Yeah, which is what I expected. Yeah. Because the Supreme Court tends to deal with, as you've mentioned, constitutional points of law. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what the arguments were that were raised on the Scottish side. Because I assume that Scotland raised it and they had points saying that it should be allowed for an independent vote yeah. to be called without the permission or without the backing of Westminster. But I wonder what the legal arguments actually were. I'd like to actually read I haven't read yeah. the, the ruling and I don't know what arguments were made. Um, I think it was a stupid case to bring. I don't think the SNP should have brought it. I, think I assume it was brought by the SNP. It was either the SNP or the Scottish government. Or I don't, the government as a whole. I don't think it was a, a like a private individual. Um, but they probably wouldn't have gone that far. If it was a private maybe, individual. Maybe or we should describe. Might. It could do actually because uh, like there's, there was a few could, of the legal wranglings over Brexit were brought by private individuals and they went to the Supreme Court. So. Remember that that woman, the businesswoman. Um, she was from Indian or Pakistani descent. I can't remember her name, but Ooh, right, she okay. brought a few cases to the Supreme Court that held the government. That actually kind of. Oh, wasn't that woman that pushed that on the Brexit point? It was, yeah. I forget her name now because she was in the media like she was. a lot because they talked about because they talked about the Brexit thing non-stop for four years yep. in the UK press, and then the COVID stuff came, and they never... Talked again. Yeah, and they never revisited that. Um, but what I about think... the self-determination point, though, from the UN? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be a constitutional point? Which I think they probably would have raised. I think it is a constitutional argument. I think, I suspect that was part of what the SNP argued, that the UN has... It's one of the, the articles of the UN that... Um, people have a right to self-determination. So people in an area have a right to vote on their own future, to decide their own future. How far do you think that should go? Well, that's kind of the point. It's a very, it's like the constitution in the USA. People are very quick to interpret it however they like mm -hmm. and say, I have a freedom of speech. You can't stop yes, me. Yeah. And it's like, actually, the freedoms in the constitution, you don't get to interpret them yourself. They're interpreted by... The courts, particularly the Supreme Court in America, it's the same thing. I hear a lot of independent supporters harp on about the right to self-determination of countries. And it's like, well, the people of Scotland obviously have this right. And it's like, no, you don't just get to interpret it how you like. It's for the courts to determine how to interpret that right to self-determination. And I think it's a fairly good thing to say, yeah, obviously you have that. But it's like, 
everyone would put limits on it as well. It's not like, you know, say the people of Fife should be able to band together. The kingdom of Fife become yeah. like the Game of Thrones. Right. Do, like, do they Vying have a, for the throne. Yeah, does the local council have a right to vote to be independent? I mean, it sounds a bit fast. It's problematic though, isn't it? But if you allow that principle just to stand that any group of people living in a geographic area get to vote on their own issues, then you could have issues developing where incredibly wealthy parts of towns or cities vote to be independent tax havens or semi-autonomous and they don't pay for the services and public services of other poorer parts. Um, like, you can't just have this rule where it's like everyone gets to have their own vote of self-determination, then suddenly all the rich people declare their own independent semi-autonomous states where they have 0% income tax. There's a Monaco in every country. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's because really, the reason that that country exists idea. is because yeah. it's got a lot of rich people. You have to be yeah rich to yeah. even visit there. Well, I mean, I think so. You definitely you imagine need that to for something like Chelsea votes to go independently. So obviously, not everyone has the right to self determination, however they want to do it. And I think that it was a valid constitutional question. I think it's good that it's been answered. Um, because I mean, it was a kind of point: who has the the legal authority here to to call an independence vote? Um, I think this is always going to be the answer, so it is what it is. And actually, I think it's good that it's been argued this way because the alternative is that you try to call these things without Westminster's permission and suddenly you're in a really dodgy situation where you're not... None of this stuff is, you know, quote-unquote legitimate. Um, so you have this like remember the Catalonia independence referendum where they just the, the Spanish said, authorities oh, yeah, just cracked down on it. And, yeah. Yeah. And then it's the like, powers that be arrested them you don't and a want few that. of them fled. Yeah. yeah. I think that if Scotland's ever going to be independent, it should be won on the arguments with people and it should be voted for with the full authority of law. I don't want any shortcuts to it. Because I've heard a number of people argue that Scotland should just declare unilateral independence. So they just declare themselves independent without any referendum or anything. And it's like... That's it depends how heavy-handed really dodgy. what would be, though. Also, also they just really ignore from it. a constitutional yeah. point, they are then saying that it wouldn't be valid. But I don't know how in reality... So what, would the tanks be at the border? Or how would that... Potentially. How I would mean, that... See, it's too... Because in theory that sounds fine, but then you think of the practical consequences and you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. there's a lot of things yeah. that you wouldn't really know how it pan out. But then I suppose even if it was official and independence was gained, you still wouldn't know how things would pan out. No, you wouldn't. And, and in this current climate with high inflation yeah. rate, the cost of living yeah. strikes, the fact that the economy of the UK has been stacking for at least like you've mentioned since 2008 probably people that definitely were older yeah definitely that had assets like even like the middle class probably would go for it i suspect so but i don't know enough about it but i suspect that's generally how it's true yeah um i don't really yeah i can't do you think the snp will um push for another vote though in the years to come I think they it's have to at some point. Um, yeah, one. their membership is obviously very strong, independent supporters, and I don't know if they can really keep them at bay, um, forever. Like it's kind of like how the Conservatives, like a huge number, actually the most active members of the Conservative Party, um, are Brexiteers. So the party has to kind of reflect that. I think it's the same for. <laughs> 
excuse me, the SNP, the most active members of the SNP, the ones that get out and do the campaigning are, you know, very strong fans of independence and would want a referendum every year if they could have one. That said, I think, I don't know about the leadership of the SNP. I think they are very comfortable where they are at the moment. They're the only party of power in Scotland and actually they will be for some time. Um, I know things can change quickly in politics, but they're the only party with any quality of parliamentarian. Like it's been a criticism for a while that if you're a quality parliamentarian in the Conservative Party in Scotland, you go down to Westminster, like where the big boys play kind of thing. Um, most of the other parties in Holyrood come across as overpromoted councillors rather than, let's say, parliamentarians, politicians. Um, the SNP probably will have this position for a while. It's a bit of a gravy train. It's really good jobs for them all. I don't know that the mem the leadership is as strong on having another vote as the membership is. Um, so do you think the membership are pushing for it, broadly speaking, but the leadership have become too comfortable? I think so, yeah. I think right. that's probably true. But I also well, think that the leadership's right. probably right. I don't think a vote would go through today. Um, I, I think that the... the would it ever go through, though? That's the point. Even if like, things improve. I think it's not a huge amount of inflation and the economy's like, thriving. Yeah, I think it's a democrat uh, uh, demographic question i think that younger people are typically more supportive of it and that they seem to be carrying that into their adult age as well and across multiple income brackets so i think it will change and it will sway over time to favor independence um but that said i don't know if the I wouldn't mind a bit. I, I love politics anyway. I'd love like voting every other week, to be honest. I really like it. I love the process. Um, I'm geeky for that kind of stuff. But I think that, you know, if they called another one right now, I think too many people would be upset at having to vote on something when they don't view it as a priority. Um, and I don't think that the yes movement has done enough to convince people that did vote no the last time round that these issues have been addressed. I'm also not a huge fan of like, like the no movement in 2014 were arguing for the status quo. They were saying, don't rock the boat. There's too much risk with independence. Don't, don't need to do that. Just don't rock the boat. Now that Brexit's taken place, the yes movement is kind of arguing that they're the status quo. They're like, look, we're arguing for the status quo to go back into Europe to be what we were before. And it's like, I don't really think most people want the status quo. I think people have been quite upset by the nature of politics over the last two decades, or particularly since 2008. I think what people are looking for is actually something different. Um, I'd, I'd like, I actually think the independence movement and the SNP are at their best when they're proposing change and kind of, you know, semi-radical change. So... But not too radical a change like not too people. radical like keep the queen as the head of state that's always been their policy but slash king yeah yeah but you know um yeah i don't know i like i think i'd I'd be far more open to seeing the SP propose a different way of doing things and be like yeah let's stand for something if we're gonna stand on our own let's be different like yeah I don't really know how it's going to pan out, but I think you're definitely right in as much as they're not going to call for an independent yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. I think maybe even another 10 years. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's like the independence referendum that was called three or four times in Quebec. Mm -hmm. They kept calling it, but it just would fail. So, you know, there needs to be a yeah. 
bit of a momentum. There isn't much of a, um, um, there isn't much of a momentum now, and there hasn't been for a while. But then the thing is, though, then it's like, oh, but if the economy improves, then if we become independent, would it be, would the economy improve for us? Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. that kind of like, do people, particularly people that are older, that have assets, middle class, want to take that risk? I suspect not, even if things improved and got better. Do you know, I actually had an interesting conversation as well with a, a chap on that. I do um, uh, call centre work for an unnamed company that does surveys, <laughs> political surveys. So we call people up, get political surveys, polling, that sort of stuff. And the company's called... Mm. So Big I, Cat's company. Yeah. Wow, that was funny. The face. <laughs> so... What? I do work for them. I, I was talking to a guy down in England the other, uh, the other week, and he uh, retired from the, the army. He was asked, we were talking a wee bit at the end of the survey about things, and he was asking what my views on Scottish independence were, and this and that, and he said that he was a big, he said, I accept that Brexit has been worse off, the country's worse off, under, he said, I accept that the country's worse off under Brexit, but I voted for it because I wanted them to be our own decisions. And I thought that was really interesting. I think there is something in that where you're far more, people are actually, I think, and actually this is one of the reasons why I think Brexiteers are kind of, misunderstood in that they it's not just about economically being better off it's about making your own decisions with a group of people that you identify with and i think that generally people are actually happier to destroy their own stuff than they are for someone else to do it so if you lend a car to someone and they dent it you're going to be a lot more annoyed that they've dented it than if you did it yourself when someone else breaks your stuff, it's a lot more annoying than when it was your own mistake that did it. And I wonder if there's a part of that with independence and also Brexit, where actually people are happy to be a bit worse off under Brexit because at least it's their own decision that's done it rather than someone they don't really identify with in Brussels. I wonder if that's maybe part of the independence thing as well, where some people are happier to be a bit worse off so long as it was their own decision rather than you know, someone they don't identify with down in London. Um, I've always liked your approach to this, though, where it's a very practical, kind of almost bean counter approach, where it's like, right, who am I going to be better off under? Let's just do that. Like, Yeah, bearing in mind that being better off has a timescale. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at the high inflation yeah. being caused by Russia, sanctions and the Ukraine war and all yeah. these other things. So it's these are not necessarily yeah. things that could have been predicted, actually. So and the thing is, as much as I like Scottish independence, I wouldn't vote for it under all circumstances, depending on... See, like the Labour Party... I don't have a crystal ball. If I had a this crystal is it. ball... Yeah, and that's it. You're taking some risk either way. But I saw the Labour Party have said that they're going to push for... They're going to abolish the House of Lords if they get elected, which they've been promising for like 30, 40 years now and never delivered when they're in power. So I don't think they will, but they always say that. But... Honestly, if there was huge constitutional reform down in Westminster and it was made a better system, I'd be quite happy to remain part of the UK. I think it's a great country, as but it surely is. Surely they could make the House of Lords more democratic than what it is. I think you'd have... I'd, I'd like, surely they could do that. I think having another body, like a Senate almost, like a, you know, a checks and balance that way kind would like be better. Kind of like the Americans have because then yeah. you're elected. For sure. Because a lot of them are not elected. A lot of them it's inherited. But I think across the years they've limited the amount of peers that inherited, inherited to actually yeah. sit in the House. But they're still not elected. Like they're, they're 
put there by the party that's in power. So yeah, I don't know how it works because there's the hereditary peers yeah. where it's passed down, but it's along the male line. Yeah. Because under UK custom slash law, I think the titles are passed along right. to the men. Or is it also to women now that it's changed? I think it's just guys. That's another thing we should maybe talk about Look in the next one. Yeah. It's hereditary, but across the years, they've limited that. Yeah. But then they also have anointed peers. Well, it's not anointed is the word. They like have appointed peers. Appointed, yeah. But then remember, there was a lot of corruption that the newspapers talked yeah. about that they were paying for it. And big questions Which isn't, that. like, I mean, let's be honest, it's not that surprising that at that level they would be, well, if you give me that peerage, I'll let you do this yeah. here. Like, it's not that surprising. Like, that's the case with high level in all countries um so i wasn't particularly shocked because a lot of people were like oh my god it's like really shocking i was like yeah. rich people and people with power that are corrupt yeah. like that doesn't surprise me like i would be shocked if that wasn't the case and as <laughs> i would have, be shocked if that wasn't the case the house of lords also has to sign off on anything that the House of Commons passes. Yeah. I think it's anything. I think all bills have to be signed off. Well, they have power of amendment, but they can amendment, also raise bills. It. But if they raise it, then it needs to go to the House of Commons does, and back yeah. to them. So they can actually They can't send, pass it on their own. They can't, but they can send bills back to be reviewed. And there's actually yeah, been... and they make amendments to things. And they've actually done a lot to kind of put things like sunset clauses into certain laws. What's a sunset clause? So it kicks off by... So a, a number of the anti-terrorism laws brought in on in 2001 were amended. Actually, the Liberal Democrats don't get a lot of praise for this, but they pulled a lot of parliamentary conventions to, like a lot of shenanigans to kind of water down some of these bills. And the House of Lords did a really good job of sending some of this stuff back and saying, like, you can't have this power forever. Like, you can have it for a set time, but you're not having the ability to do this indefinitely. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's a good having it. It's really good having another house there to keep check of, you know, the um, the House of Commons. But I do think it should be a, a, a separate... I don't think it should be hereditary. I think it should be more modern, more democratic. And I have to say, if some of these major constitutional changes came into the UK, there's no way I'd vote for independence. Like, I think it would be... Because what's the point in that a huge radical yeah. change when there's been like so-called sure. in theory at least vast improvements? Yeah. yeah um, uh, yep. Yes. I'm just looking at the time because you wanted to keep this under fifteen, and you rattled on and hit almost half an hour. Yeah. Whose fault is that? Mine's as well because I wanted to hear what you had to rattle on and say. <laughs> now we both got silent. Okay, so wrapping it up. Oh, there's no need to be like that. I'm not pouting. You are! You've got a massive pout on your face and now a big cheesy grin. Okay, so to wrap it up, Supreme Court ruling. Scotland needs the backing of Westminster. Hardly a surprise. Um, Looking at ways... um, Would Scotland ever vote for independence again? It's up in the air. Okay, so I think we've covered quite a fair bit. Perfect. Um... All right, well, I'm going to be signing off now. Bye from Cat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Alley Cat at Bam Pot Productions Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Bam Pot Pod. At Bam Pot Pod. That's what I said. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.